Grab your Bibles and turn to uh, the book of 1 John. If you're just, just joining us and you haven't been with us through the whole period of time, uh, we are going through the book of 1 John. We're nearing the end. Um, and so for me, it's been a pretty powerful journey. And I think, hopefully it just continues on. And so that's really my prayer, like, Father, that you just pour your spirit out on us that you would give me your words and take away all the extra silly things I would want to say and that it would reach the hearts of men and women and that it would help them to grow in Christ-likeness. I mean, that, that is my prayer, Lord, please. Uh, verse 19, let's start with that. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. And mine says it like this. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Pause. Okay, let's stop there. Uh, I'm trying to savor, walk in a more savory pace. You know, can you guys appreciate that rather than bombarding you with too much scripture like I can do at times. But is this, is this a, a new thought for you? We know that we are from God. It's kind of a continuation of what John's been telling us. That there is this opportunity for us, even though we're born into a world which has been separated from their creator and and is racing towards physical death, but also the the danger of the spiritual death that you're destined to if Jesus doesn't save you, okay? So with God, you have a chance to be reborn, to be born again, to become a new creation. And so you become, in effect, born of God. And although that doesn't necessarily mean that your body will live forever or be renewed in every way, uh, your, your spirit, the permanent part of you, will live forever with Jesus and the Father. Woohoo! Yeehaw! Thumbs up! Boomia! Whatever! Woohoo! There you go. Okay, good. Maybe you're not awake. Uh, hmm. So this idea, and this is kind of where, where I wanted to share with you. I want you to go on a journey with me. Here's what I'm asking you to do. It's going to be difficult. Let's try to put aside, and I'm going to ask the Lord to help us. Lord, help us to put aside everything that we think we know about this idea that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Because you all have an opinion, right? And, and aspects of that come from your own scripture reading, Uh, come from your family of origin, come from your spiritual family of origin, podcasts, you know, TV programs, commentaries, pastors, all of that, we're taking all that information and, and coming up with our perspectives. But can we just stop a minute? Can we set that aside? Okay, set that aside. Spirit, like, let us look at this in a new way. And I want you to engage every part of you. I want you to engage... The, the physical part of you that you're aware is there. I want you to engage your mind in this. And I want you to engage the permanent part of you, the inside of you, the spirit, the heart, the soul, kind of the, where all these things meet. So let me just ask, Lord, I, I pray that you would teach us something new in this and guide us because we want to be changed. Anyone here arrived finished? You all finished? God's done with you? Yeah. You're all a little bit like that pazuki, you know, the big old cookies that they only half cook and they throw ice cream on. You're not quite done yet. You're still a little gooey, a little soft in the middle like me, right? So, so let, me, let me give this to you, okay? So John is saying to us, he's writing to Christians, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And if we understand this, I think this is going to help. Well, have you heard of a guy named Job? Maybe you call him Job because you don't know how to pronounce it right. Job, J-O-B, uh, It's also a book, and if you have a a Bible that has the New Testament, the Old Testament, it's a book in there, and it's a story about this man who was faithful. Now, this is Old Testament, okay? Jesus has been here, creator Jesus, but he didn't take the man form, live a sinless life, die for our sins, and get resurrection yet. This is before that. Interesting about Job. I mean, you can look at it, and I think it tells us some about what was going on in the spiritual realm. So I want to bring this to you. Check this out. This is Job, what we call chapter 1, verse 7. And the Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? 
So wait a second. Like Satan and God are like having a conversation? Do you see the world like that? Do you see the spiritual realm like that? I, I don't often think that we do. We consider there's these camps, right? Like Satan and his boys are over in this camp from the beginning, and Jesus and his boys are over in the camp over here. And so it's this kind of battle for my attention back and forth. Job will throw that on its head, blow your mind, make scrambled eggs out of it, okay? This is what the Lord said to Satan. Where have you come from? Where, where are you at, Satan? And he goes, and Satan answered the Lord and said, oh, from going to and fro. This is the ESV. I don't like the way it says that. But I've been going back and forth along the earth, walking around, checking it out. Okay. What was he doing walking around, checking out the earth? What's, what's Satan's business? Looking for people to hunt. Right? He's up to no good. But when he's done, he comes back home. Satan, where you been? Well, I was just hanging out, chilling with my friends on earth, walking back and forth. And then from there, he's like, oh, I know what you're up to. He doesn't even say it. He's like, oh, you want to find someone to mess with? Consider my friend Job. Okay, then God says, you can mess with him. And he's like, well, of course, because this guy has all the blessings in the world. He's going to praise your name, God. But if I came against the things and the people that he has, he would certainly curse your name and follow me. And then Satan's, and then Jesus is like, bet, go for it. Like, try to do it. And, and so, but you can't hurt him. So he goes down, kills people, takes stuff away from Job. And the end, Job is still praising God. Chapter two, they come back in the same thing. God's like, Satan, where you been? Oh, I was hanging out on the earth, messing with people. Okay, well, you know, I really think you should try Job again. Really? And then this time he lets him do physical harm to Job. And then in the end, Job, it's, it's a lot, it's kind of depressing because he kind of hates, hates on himself and curses the day he was born. But why I'm bringing that down to you, is I, or this, this information to you, is to understand that there is a heavenly realm that was created. There's stuff going on there that you and I just can't see and understand. And although the dynamic could change a little bit now that Jesus has ascended to the throne, this still illustrates a point that God is ultimately the most powerful. And anything that evil wants to do can be stopped in a moment by God. Okay? That is a core truth you have to understand. And so Satan, in some ways, is, as a created being, has his limitations, has that, that governor on what he can do, because God will just say, that's enough. Well, I think we could stop there and, like, hunt, those, hunt down the trail, the, the implications of that. I mean, wow, we could follow that. Like, all the stuff happening around you and to you. And you have things that make you upset. And it is probably, you know, is it still like that? Satan, where you been? Oh, I was out doing this. <laughs> I was messing with Will. He was squirming like a little girl. It was funny. Like, you should have seen it, right? So I, who knows what's happening? But, but all I know is here's this truth, right? That there is a, a hierarchy of power. However, this world, this place we're walking, lies in the power of the evil one. Now, Satan... The character in this, right, also called Lucifer, right, the devil. Uh, we, we have all these words. Now, according to the Bible, throw everything else that you heard about him. Here's what the Bibles, the scriptures are saying themselves. Satan is referred to as the prince of this world, as the small g god of this world, as the ruler of this world. Okay, a little side note. I've done some scripture references here. One of the blessings of technology is this is on YouTube too. So if you want to come back and one of these things God's just stirring in you, go back, check these scriptures and read through it. But that's what the Bible tells us is that Satan does have this dominion, right? Over this world. He's walking to and fro and he's messing things up. And at at a very basic level, do you look and see, wow, things are messed up? You guys over here? Things are messed up? What about here? Things are messed up? Yeah, Yeah, things are messed up, right? Okay. Um, Here's what else it says. 
it says that Satan and everyone that follows him is the enemy of truth. They're the enemy of God and the enemy of all people who've been reborn through Jesus. Okay, so it's, it's not just against God. It's against all his people. And then Revelation 12, 9 says that he, Satan, is the one that leads the whole world astray. So he's tempting individuals. He's tempting groups of people. He's tempting world systems. Does that make sense? You see that? Do you observe it? Is, this, is your experience holding, is proving the Bible, what was written millennia ago? So I'm trying to give you some notes here because I want, I, we've got to build on this, okay? And I want to go slow because if we can get this, it's going to change some things for us, okay? So he tempts, he distracts, he confuses individuals as well as groups of people. Some of the tricks, right, that he uses is this. He'll appeal to our pride. Scripture reference for that from 1 Timothy. He uses our desires, our fear. He uses our hurts, like our woundedness. He uses our anger. Really, the word that, the, the church word for that's the flesh. It's like all of that, right? All of the things that come against us. He's using that to his advantage. Like, and when you begin looking for that, you can, you can almost see it in your, you won't see it in yourself first. You'll see it in other people. But the Christian life should be us starting to look at ourselves and saying, wow, that's like a boom, glaring weakness, sin, wound. Choose your your word to describe that, like, whoa. Okay, have you seen that? Have you observed that in the world around you? Okay, have you observed that in yourself? For instance, right, you get tired. What do you do about tired? There's ways, positive ways to handle it, negative ways to handle it, right? You feel alone, what do you do about that? You feel stressed, what do you do about that? Like, Satan has a truth statement, which is really a lie that he's trying to sell you on. And that's why when you look at the world and the world systems, I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but I'm, some of us, I think, sit back and say, they're getting in a boardroom somewhere and saying, what is the most evil crap we can do? And they're doing that. Right? That's what you think. But a lot of times it's not that. It's not that. It's simple flesh and greed. thinks he can take anything away from anyone. He uses these tricks. He appeals to our pride. Oh, man, that happens to me. Brandy's saying, amen, yeah, right? My, the flesh, the desires, the weaknesses, the things that, we, that, you know, that come after us, even the things we're doing to our kids as parents. I'm sorry, guys, it's happened. You're in it. You're in that groove now. You're going to need a savior. Good news, I know him. His name is Jesus. You're going to love him. It's going to help. And then all of you who are older kids, you're probably still in your trap. And hopefully God's going to reach his hand down and pull you out and teach us a new way. Here's another thing that he does. He also interferes with the transmission of truth. It talks about that in the parable of the seeds and the sower. It's like some truth is put out and Satan's like, nope. And he interferes with the transmission of truth. Can't trust Satan, that's right. You could say, ooh, yeah, to that one too. Ooh, ha, whatever, yeah. So the other thing that he does is he, faces, he, he places false believers within the church. And that's a whole other sermon because I think we always want everything to be extremes, black and white. Like, oh, this is like, well, this is a saved person. They can't act like an unbeliever. Yeah, everything that you do, you choose to believe or not to believe. And when you choose to not believe, then I would call you someone in unbelief. Is that a heaven or hell statement? No, but that's not my job at all. My job is, as much as I can, to speak truth to you and pray for you and let the Lord transform my own life and the life of my family so that we can try to walk like Christ more. And then you'll be so close to him, you don't have to ask the saved or unsaved question. That's silliness. We're trying to put a title. Well, I'm not an unbeliever. Well, you're acting like it. Will that mean I'm going to hell? Not necessarily, but you're definitely helping hell here on earth. 
He places unbelievers, doubters, opposition in the church, the place where people are supposed to be learning about Christ. It's places of greed and power and lust, right? It's all over the religious organizations. How are you doing? Okay. Are we on the same page? Are we kind of tracking together? I don't want to be a fancy speaker, guys. I just want to be real, okay? So let's do this together. 2 Corinthians 4. Let me give you another scripture. In their case, he's talking about people who are in unbelief. The God, the small g of this world, who are they talking about? Satan. Cool, we're on the same page. The small g of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. There's a blinding that is happening. You are blind to everything until your eyes are open to it. Yeah, thumps you in the head. Yeah, it can be that way sometimes. But Okay. So I want to track some thoughts with you. So all that being said, right, okay, if I'm blind, right, Corey, if I'm blind to so many things, even though they changed my first name to pastor, I'm still so blind to certain things. And until the Holy Spirit himself touches that and touches my eyes in a way and opens them to that, I'm going to be blind to that. And so are you. And we're so focused on, am I going to heaven and hell? And Christian or not Christian, it's like, we won't let God open our eyes to these things. And I won't either. And so we act in such a blind way. So then it makes sense with that being so in this this enemy of the world. It makes sense that John wrote this to us. When he, Satan, lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's from John 8, 44. It makes sense, right? Everything he says is a lie. It's like everything Jesus does is awesome. It's just awesomeness that comes out of him. He can't help it. And then, he all, and then John also wrote in 1 John, the whole world is under the control of the evil one. You seeing it? The whole world. Wait a second. You mean America is like, it's not God's kingdom? No, it's not. Wait, 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 wait. No, don't tell me the ridge isn't God's kingdom. I sure hope it is, but a lot of the stuff we're doing, we came up with. I hope God inspired it. And if he does it, if he does, and I hope he hits me upside the head, so I stop doing it, or we stop doing it. Right? Is Israel led by God right now? No. Are all those YouTubers you listen to, are they really led by God or by money? Yeah. Right? All those systems, man, even the Christian organizations that are doing great, even the philanthropic or humanity organizations. You know what it is, guys? It's, it's money. It's like a capitalist society that we live in. And the in- individuals are, right? And even the religious organizations in the churches, it's not to trash them, but it's like you've got $5 million in bills. They're trying to get $5 million in. And so they're really a business. And so I pray that they glorify God, but it's not his kingdom. It's theirs. Well, wait, Will, you're trashing on everything, but here's the key. You better hope Samaritan's Purse has Christians in there. Right? You better hope the Ridge has people listening to God leading it. You better hope America has people leading it that are listening to God. Just as well as you want to hope that, like, uh, March of Dimes has people, or or the Shriners, right, or or Stepping Stones. But all of these things, guys, are not God's kingdom. These are world systems where the enemy can really mess with them. And our only hope is that believers led by the Spirit of God are in places of influence in these world systems. So when they aren't, and you see that, that's frustrating, right? But it should no longer be surprising. It shouldn't be surprising. So the whole world is under the control of the evil one. And then Peter, Peter gets in on this too. Check out what Peter says. And Peter said, 
Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Listen to that again. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Right? Like, he wants to use his lies and his tricks to infiltrate every good system, every good person's life, every good marriage, every good family, every good religious organization, every good church. Like, he wants to get in there and destroy it and devour it. Like, so when you see that happening, duh. Well, I can't believe they're, duh. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Is it wrong to care about animals? No. Is it wrong about caring about the planet? No. Is it, is it wrong to pray for your leaders and care about America? Yes, but all of those things are subject to the rule of Satan, and until we bring God into it, he's going to let it destroy itself. So here's another one, another guy, another P guy, Paul. Remember him? So why did Paul write this in Ephesians 6, 12? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Okay, this is where you're going to get more objection, okay? So let me just ask the Lord that you come, come in and just smash these walls of, of rejection because now I'm turning the page on you guys. It's not about everyone else. Now it's about you. Why did Paul write that? What do you think? Why did Paul write that to believers in Ephesus? What's that? They're taking it out on each other. Yeah. I think so. He had to address an issue that happened. Could we come to agreement on it? This is probably happening. Hardships, conflict between people are happening. It, does this still happen? Yeah. Yeah. Like in the relationships around you, it doesn't matter what context it is. Like I have, I am a husband to Brandy. I'm a father to Johnny, Tyler, and Jordan. I'm a son to Bill and Nancy, a brother to Matt and Chris and Carrie. And all of them, I have this ability because of that relationship to bless them tremendously or hurt them deeply. And the story of their life is probably um, the culmination of all those experiences with the people that have relationship with them. Those who hurt them and those who lifted them up. So inevitably, Here's what's going on, is if we can be divided, just like animals, right? The, the flock, if they can divide the flock, the predator can seek and destroy the isolated one, right? It's a fact of nature. It's the same thing with a believer. It's why you're coming here and putting up with the silliness of an organization. Because you sit home on your couch, you will be eaten alive, that's the reason why I come do one of the reasons why I come do this, because I believe that to be true. You pray powerful prayers, listen to 47 hours of Hillsong songs, even the 15-minute version of Oceans, okay? Beautiful, nothing wrong with those things. But if you are the fastest prairie dog out by yourself, good luck to you. But what happens is we infight when we get together. We hurt each other. And then we get so angry that Elliot, he's always... That Josh, he's never, Chris, man, did you hear what he said? And we're fighting against each other, and then, and then the enemy's like, ah, right? Evil cackle, and it pounces everyone because we're so isolated. And Paul's like, wait a second, quit fighting with each other. Don't you get it? It's not even the people you're wrestling with. Even their stupid actions, like I said, it's not a boardroom where they come up with evil plans. It's greed. Well, you know what we could do, Corey? We could just put corn in everything. It's really cheap to make. Well, what if it makes everyone fat and gives them a heart attack? Oh, I don't care. It's going to make us rich. Oh, you know what? That's like a one-pound watermelon. What if we put some chemicals in there and we could sell 30-pound watermelons? Well, yeah, but those chemicals, they do something to their brain, like create brain tumors. Uh, well, I don't know, but we'll make more money. You know, that's what happens. And you don't think Satan's in those conversations? 
Oh, man, my wife is annoying me. I bet, I bet that girl's nicer. Right? Like, those, it's not like, oh, almighty Satan, tell me what to do. Divorce your wife. Okay. No, it's these subtle ideas, the subtleness of evil. You're wrestling against the powers, the principalities, the rulers of dark forces who are out to get you. So here's what happens. So Satan and his minions, they long to destroy us. Okay? They lo- I love minions. It's more fun to say it that way. Satan and his minions, they long to destroy us. Remember, go to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down it. They find us weakened and vulnerable because we're not living where and how we were created to live. Hey, don't, I don't want to melt, make your minds melt too much, but you get this. It doesn't matter what you do to this place. It doesn't matter if HGTV comes and redoes your house. It's still not good enough for you. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. You deserve better. You deserve to live in constant community. This is what you were created for. Constant community with the most loving and powerful. I don't don't even know the right word. God, okay? He's God. Like everything, okay? 20-pound watermelons without chemicals in them if you want, right? God can do anything. He never fails you. And all the love you're trying to get from your kids or the opposite sex or friends, he's going to give you tenfold more. That's what you're made for. Anything less than that. A million dollars, plastic surgery, huge houses, tons of following on TikTok. None of that will replace this. So because we don't have that, we're all sorts of jacked up. And the minions, right? Beto, Beto. They're like, yeah, look at Will. He's weakened. Because he's around people. And so Pastor Appreciation Month turns into Pastor Depreciation Month. And he's fought with his wife and his kids having this. He's worried they're upside down in a ditch in a car somewhere, right? All these weekend vulnerable states, they're like, let's get them, right? They love it. So they, they, then they play us by lying to us, appealing to our desires, our needs and our wants, our fears, our emotions, our thoughts. And all along, we're blinded to the reality of their work. They appeal to our flesh. They appeal to the needs. They appeal to our right to be right, right to be understood. They're playing us like fools. And then to make it worse, those of us who believe those lies and really give ourselves over to those lies, the scripture tells us this, that God's blinding us even more. What? That can't be true, Will. Well, check out 2 Thessalonians 2.1 and a bunch of other scriptures. Check out what Paul is saying. Oh, you know, these people left me, but I've given them over to Satan so he can mess with them and maybe they'll come back, right? It's this idea, God's like, if you think that's better, go do it. If if you're going to walk in that blindness, the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving God is like, he's given them over, he's blinded them, he's given them, um, you know, he even gave... Paul himself, when he was Saul, he put actual, gave him physical blindness to show that metaphor. And then he gave him new sight. See, these people and their weakness and blindness become, here's the sad thing, tools of evil and darkness. And they're used to hurt other people and the world. And so what results of that? We get hurt by others, we get hurt by ourselves, and the blows that we're given are carried out by us on others and others towards us. And they're all contrary to God's instruction. They're all contrary onto what Jesus says, follow me and live like I live. And and that refusing to do what God's directed us to do is where we get that church word sin. So my sin is hurting other people. My sin is hurting others. Me, my sin, right? Other people's sin is hurting me. Other people's sin is hurting them. Well, let me ask you. So you're at that place. You're hurt. What kind of things do we do to react? Strike back? back? Yeah. Cry, you said? Isolate? Yeah. 
I really want you guys to speak up. It might be weird, but this is a weird church. Praise God. Help me out. Because it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what God thinks and that we're, we're walking this out together, okay? So help me out. What other things happen? You run. You flee. Like you get hopeless, right? What did you say? I'm sorry. Divorce, there's exactly the thing. That's a hardened heart thing. So many of these hardened heart things happen. Your reaction is your heart gets hardened because you get tired of getting hurt. And so that you don't put yourself out there. And then you go to church every week where God is saying this through people like John, get this, guys, I don't care how smart you are or how well you pray or how many tongues you pray in or how pretty you sing. If you treat everyone around you in a non-loving way, you didn't hear anything I told you. That's what John's been saying to us for the last year. Well, I have like 17 hours of quiet time. Well, how are you to your kids? How are you to your wife? Well, I kind of ignore them. Failure. Failure to get what God said. Oh, man, I'm building kingdoms. Well, who are you loving? Well, my employee. Well, what happens if they screw up? I'll fire them. Is that love? So we blame ourselves and others and even blame God for the hurt. And that's the age-old question. The biggest feeding of all unbelief in God is how can awful things happen in this world if God is so loving? Right? That's where you get to. You get your hardened heart. You won't believe him. So then what's funny is this. I love it. The workers of darkness, this is what God, the Holy Spirit showing me. You know what they're doing? They're sitting back loving it. They're loving it. It's like, it's like throwing a rock in a machine and sitting back and saying, watch what's going to happen. This is going to be great, right? And that's exactly what's happening. And they sit back there and they're like, it wasn't me. Nothing to see here. Keep going, right? Like, I didn't do anything. It's the greatest lie of Satan. I'm not here. You guys are just fighting with each other. That's his greatest lie. He's like, God is failing you, and you can't trust one another. Well, what about you? No, nothing to see here. I'm not involved. Hey, but by the way, watch this. Blow up, right? And then good-meaning people, here's what we do. We get angry, we get frustrated, we get hardened hearts. So then we think, okay, I guess it's up to me to do something about this. And what I have for you is an actual photo of what happens when I do this. Okay, when I say, okay, you're not doing this to my satisfaction, God, so I'm going to take it into my own hands. Here you go. This is what happens with my life and others. That's an actual picture, yes, of what happens. Full-on destruction. What's that? Somebody actually dreamed that up. Yeah. Yep. That's about what happens. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Okay, now that I've been making you feel good, let's bring this back home here a little bit. People are walking out. They're... Get off the chair. Don't jump. It's going to be okay. Uh, Colossians 1, verse 13. He has delivered us. Now, here's the tricky thing about this. And this is what I'm like, Lord, please, please help me. Spirit, help me to understand this better. But I, what I'm noticing, the more I try to walk with God and the more I'm in the scripture, you, you find this, that there are certain things that are true. And because the whole battle really becomes lies and truths, when I act like I believe it, I access those things that are true. Does that make sense? Okay. Like, you use the marriage example, okay? Chris said that, and you guys were talking about that. Now, anyone here, if you're so brave, have you been married long enough that you went through that, that phase where it's like, really, God, this is who you wanted me to be married to? Okay. And then you stayed long enough that now you're like, praise God, I love my spouse. Anyone go through that? Yeah, okay. Some of you are like, please, I hope that's going to happen to me. Others, um, you, you, even though you might say that you believe that's kind of true, Ultimately, you didn't act in that way or your spouse didn't act in that way. So in the middle of that, are you sure, really, God, this is the person you want to be married to? You answered yourself and said, no, it isn't, and you're not married anymore, right? That happens a lot. That's, that comes from a hardened heart, okay? That is sin, but God is faithful and just to forgive us of sin. But that doesn't take away from the fact that if we believe and we walk in belief, does this make sense what I'm saying? If we believe what God says, and we walk in obedience to that, then we can see the reality of his promise. 
If you believe it in your head and you don't go with it, you will never see the reality of his promise. Right? That's why uh, this is one of those things. So to the Christians, the Colossian Christians, they write, he has delivered us from, who's he? Good, good church guest, good job. Gold star for you. Jesus has delivered us from the domain of darkness. So there's a domain of darkness, right? Satan has rule over this. And we become prisoners to him because we're living here. We're confined here by our bodies. Now, but Jesus has delivered us from that domain and transferred us to the kingdom of, he is, I guess, God, not in this, has delivered us into the kingdom of his beloved son, which is Jesus. Now, what's important about that is he's not saying about a future date. He's not saying, when you die, when you die, you're going to get transferred from this evil kingdom to God's kingdom. Because if so, you would simply try to white-knuckle life. I just got to hold on till I die. No, he's saying, I want to speak truth to you, Christians. I want you to know I got great news. Even though the rule, the world, this world is under the rule of Satan, and the kingdom of darkness, Jesus, right, through Jesus, God has delivered us from the domain, the control, and the rule of this world over our spirits, over us, over the true part of us, and transferred us into the kingdom ruled by his beloved son. So even within, right, even within, like, uh, Samaritan's Purse, which is a Christian-based organization, even within, Chick-fil-A, which is closed on Sunday, which are really businesses and it can be ministries, but they're not the kingdom of God. They exist in the kingdom of the world based on salaries and wages and profits, right? But even within that, members of the kingdom of God are going to live in this kingdom and bring Christ and light into this kingdom. But we can't put our hope in these kingdoms that we're living within. Only hope we have is in the kingdom of God. Through Christ Jesus in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. So it's not that you have to be good enough to get transferred into his kingdom. He can wash you clean, forgive you, and bring you into that. And see, infighting right now, what I'm seeing, guys, in the Christian culture of that, is we're so angry because we don't like what the world has gone to. Guess what? Read your Bible. It's supposed to do this. It really is. But you're not supposed to go there. And in essence, what we have is two sides doing exactly the same thing, treating each other in the most unloving, un-God-honoring way. And half the people proclaiming Jesus and the other half claiming your God is bad because you're an idiot. And Christians are not supposed to be that. We are transferred from this kingdom. So even though until my body's given out, I'm on mission and so are you, that we're going to go and work at a bank and go and work at the VA and go work at Stepping Stones and go work at Safeway and Walmart right? And in these places, which are systems in the world, which are really subject to corruption, we hope to bring light and truth and love because this is not our home. This is not our kingdom. My hope is not that I become like Jeff Bezos, but that I become like Jesus. In whom I have redemption. Forgiveness of sins. I mean, this is this is the message that I believe I know that God put on my heart to tell you. I think we lose sight of this truth. We are in a world under the domain of the evil one. And so if we see the world around us going away we don't like, that makes sense. If I start fitting into that world too much and looking like it, that should actually be a little scary for me on the other end, right? And that's, that might even be the harder part. Hebrews 2. Here's some more good news for you. Since, for the, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, 
right? The children of God, us. He himself likewise partook in the same things. Jesus took on flesh and blood. That through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is, the devil. He's destroyed him. So you know what he can do? He's just going to take down our bodies. That's what he's going to do. He can't, he can't get your soul. He can't get your spirit. He can't get you. One of the coolest and saddest things is the amount of people and what I do uh, for a living, the, the amount of people I've watched pass from this life to another. And when it's not your family, I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking, but you can take an observer's, and it, you guys, if you've seen this, isn't it nuts? It's not the person anymore. Like in a moment, it's not them anymore. When whatever word you want to put into what's inside of them that made them them, it's gone. It's not even them anymore. And it's like colliding of heaven and earth, like before your face. And it just blows you away because you know what? Satan can't touch that part of us. And so we come together in spite of all of our flesh and our weakness and we try to just draw to each other and we try to appeal to that eternal part of us I know that's going to live on that Satan can't touch if we have Jesus. He really can't. Like You might get cancer. You know, your kids might rebel. Your people might die. Well, they're going to. And... All these bad things can happen, but we hold fast to this hope that we have a God who took on that flesh and blood, who who had to go through that, that he might destroy that power of permanent eternal death that belonged to Satan. In verse 15, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. I mean, that's what it is. That's what it is. Lifelong slavery. And then I just went forward a few verses there to verse 18. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Now back to what John was saying. Verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come. And what has he come and done? He's given us what? understanding. He's opened our eyes. Actually, he's opening our eyes is a better way to say it. He is opening our eyes. And so that's what, that's what we should want to do is if you know on a truth level that this world is deceiving you, then we've got to stop in a moment, right? Because the Son of God has come that we might get understanding so we might know him who is true and we are in him who is true. In his son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. Wow, what do we do about this? Lord, what do we do about this? Because here's what it is, facts. Satan is ruling, and you see it, and I see it. You see it, and I see it. But we want to get so negative about it. Like, this was the plan. It's working. You know, <laughs> it's working. He's, Satan's falling right into Jesus' trap. He's falling right into Jesus' trap. The sad thing is, you know, we're falling into his trap too. But that's what we can work on, right? That's what we can hope to walk out with Jesus. So Satan has done all the stupid things. I kind of wish I could see what would have happened when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, what all the minions and Satan were doing. They're like, oh, dang. Oh, dang. We screwed up now. I wonder if they're having a party, like when he died, like three days. And all of a sudden, Jesus is like out of the grave, and they're like, what the? Oh, we screwed up now. Okay, what are we going to do? Regroup. Had a Skype call. All of them got together, socially distanced, of course, and said, kamikaze. Well, what do you mean? Just destroy everything. We're talking terrorism. 
just spray paint someone's wall. Like, don't get anything out of it. Just terrorize somebody. Just kick them, spit on them when they're down, throw dirt in their eyes, do whatever that they can so that they'll curse God and just get destroyed with us. Great plan. But here's one better. Make them think they're doing it to each other. This will be fun. Okay, let's do that. And they're having these weekly Skype calls or daily Skype calls, and they're probably talking about this. You should have seen Corey. What a sucker. He thought it was Jen. It wasn't. It was me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you. And look at Will. Look what he did. I mean, he got so worked up about this, and it wasn't even that person. It was me. And they're loving it. We have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus is interceding like, protect them, protect Will, protect Shauna, protect Natalia from the evil one, Father, because he's after them. Let them know that what's the worst he can do? Kill my body? What's the worst he can do? I can love someone and they're not loving back to me? What's the worst he can do? These hopes and dreams I had for my life go unrealized and then I'm in God's face and I'm like, what was that again? I, like... What if that, like they said, we Christians, we have this anchor of our life that's Christ Jesus, who has saved us, who knows us, who's saving us daily. And what if we weren't blown around on the waves like everyone else? Yeah. Oh, there's a virus. Virus has passed. What's well, going to suck? Yeah. I might die, Maybe. Maybe it's a lie. Maybe. Well, I don't want to wear a mask. Maybe. Maybe a mask doesn't even... Maybe. It just doesn't matter. Come on, you guys are old enough for this crap. You would tell these high schoolers, like, get over it. I don't care if you're cool. It's only four years. Right? That's what old people want to tell you. You can't help it. I'm not even cool anymore. It doesn't matter how hard I try. I got old eyes. That happened quick. You're not going to be cool. And if you go get a job that makes you rich, you'll be miserable with that. If you make a job that's poor, you'll be miserable with that. But with God, he could make you poor or rich and happy. But all of you are like, oh, man, I need to wear a mask. And like, stop. But this president, I don't like him. Or before, the president before, I don't like him. Guess what? It's a four-year term. Vote for somebody else. Why don't like our country? Move. Move instead of disgracing God's name before people. I am serious. Move. Canada wants you. They would love it. Tim Hortons is hiring. We'll go there. It'll be great. We can praise God there. Linda told me there's Christians up there. We can go there. It's cool too, right? No, it's a counter kingdom. We're getting too worked up about stupid things that don't matter. Let's be the people of God. Let's ask God to open our eyes to these things that we can follow him and praise him. Oh, why don't you guys come on up? We're going we're gonna to sing some praises. But let's, let's just know that we have a God who's been there, who gets it. But, Will, I don't feel good. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Pray. And I'm the worst about doing this. If you don't believe me, you can always ask my family, right? You're like trying to work it out yourself and then atomic bomb, right? Instead of simply, God, I don't know what to do. I don't like where this is going. I don't like what's happening. But I know that you're the God that has all the answers. And I'm not surprised it's not going well. I'm not surprised it's not going well. But with you, with you, in you, in your presence a thousand times a day, I have the one that knows me and loves me and will never leave me or forsake me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your truth. I really wish, honestly, I, I do, maybe it's even dangerous to say, but I, I wish we didn't live in a world ruled by evil. Like, 
ruled by our enemy. But we do. I wish nobody would die and, and not be in, in eternal life with you. But some will. I wish bad things didn't happen. Man, I wish marriages were like so good and so easy that everyone wanted that all the time. I wish no one, that no one was poor and suffering or rich and isolated. I wish there was no such thing as racism. I wish there was no such thing as reverse racism. I wish we weren't confused about our genders. I wish we weren't judgmental and jerky to people. I wish so many things. But more so, I wish we weren't afraid or hopeless. I wish we had more joy. I wish we had more peace. I wish, I wish we would just shine your light more and trust you. I wish everyone around me would say, why are you so chill about all this stuff? But Lord, I know that's what you're working on. So I pray, Lord, that you would just ignite this fire in the men and women who are here today. All the different ages that we would be bold enough just sit before you and not react but to wait to hear your voice to listen to your direction and to go with it so Lord I pray that you would uh, just stir in us all these things you're teaching us continue to lead us Lord receive all these words from these songs that we're about to sing as praise to you and gratefulness Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just do your work in the hearts and the minds of the people here. That you would soften hearts and give give new hearts where hearts of stone used to be. That you would grow your love in us. Grow your peace in us. Grow your patience in us. Grow your self-control in us. I feel confident in saying it because I know it's your will, God. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand.